All he does is catch the football. That's, that is beautiful. That's why I came to West Virginia, man. Ding dong, the witch is dead in Arizona. It's a totally energized Heinz Field, the power of the Renegade song. The backyard brawl, man, against Pitt. Look at that. Oh, there's Rod Wolfley. Wow! They came after Donovan McNabb. Went after him. They played to win the game. Everybody's going bonkers, even the referees. Oh, those, those look like some sticky gloves right there. We talk about 50-50. Right now it's 50-50. Who's going to get it? Game came with cover zero. Man across the board. Pick up a flag because, hey, and then with the Renegade song, even flags don't count. They're going to get an Italian army behind them right there, just like Franco Harris. My goodness, that is pure guts. Give me a pepperoni roll, man. Hello, and welcome to the Three Wolves of Football. The boys from Orchard Park, the Outsiders. I'm the Wolfman, Dale Wolfley, and I'm here with my two brothers, Eldis. We're going to go back. Last week we did Pony. We broke the tradition. We're going to go back to the Eldis there. Craig Wolfley, Derry, how are you? Good. Okay. I know, I know, I was late. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, all right. I, I, I take it. I take it right on the chin, baby. Yeah. All right. I was late. I messed up. Be accountable. That's right. (laughs) And of course, we got Pony Boy Ronnie Paul Wolfley. All right, the fist is up, and I'm going to give you the fist for the both of you. Uh, I like that because you are the fighter of the family. Although I think we've all had a scrap or two every now and then. A bloody elbow or a bloody knee. Uh, it doesn't matter. But anything going on, current events today that uh, you want to talk about. It's going to be a big week. We're going to jam all this in. But, Jerry, you said you had some training. You're training my son, Maverick. Well, we've had a great training week with Mav. You know, i got to tell you something. Love your kid. That dude is just so, so righteous, man. Thank I love you. him. Yes. And he's a lovable young man. And so we've been having a great time training with him. We've been up to John Kolb's place at Adventures in Training with a Purpose. We were also on the south side in the barn where the uh, Pitt Steelers facility was indoors, working with a, another young man down there. And uh, it's just been great. I got to tell you something. Mav is a stud. The yeah. dude is a stud, man. Yeah. yeah. Love to hear that. And I'm just... Keep going, brother, with that. You got it. We're training <laughs> hard, man. I appreciate that. And John Cobb, uh, what is that, the fundraiser, the smoker that he's doing again? Real quick. Adventures in Training with a Purpose, ATP, I think it's .com, but it's a fundraiser for it uh, coming up in the next month. And this is all about, this is about a guy having a heart for uh, people who are suffering from all sorts of things. This is... This is about a guy, John Kolb, who was an exercise kinesiologist. I can't even spell the word that what he did, you know. <laughs> but the fact is, um, he takes people that that uh, the uh, insurance industry has left behind when they don't finish their physical therapy because the insurance industry says, "Well, you're not, uh, you know, you're not increasing your range of motion, whatever. You know, it's just not coming, so you're not getting better fast enough." Well, he takes them, and he's got. Um, students who are, are working on their PhDs and everything else or have graduated and then volunteering their time. And he just takes them through their physical therapy. Yes, it also includes our, our great armed forces, men and women. Uh, he treats them, they have PTSD. That's something that's big. I know mm-hmm. in my own family, my own personal family, we've had issues with that. And so 
Um, this is something that is, I have a real heart for because it's about the men and women of the armed forces, of our first responders, EMTs, uh, people that uh, we have, uh, you know, we had, I, I got a gentleman, there's a police gen, a guy up there who fought with a guy who was, um, you know, with had a gun and a bridge and everything, and it was just horrible, and he suffered huge injuries from it, and he's rehabbing from it, and it's just, you know, these people, they, they grab your heart and you say, thank you for what you do, man, because yeah. what you do is you keep that blue line, man, it's it's precious. So let's get it going. Now, listen, Derek, before I give you a little shot in the arm here, because we're going to actually verify one of your stories again, <laughs> uh, okay, but I want to know, is, is the tooth fixed yet? No, that's coming in the first week in February. The drilling date is in the first week of February. We're going after it, man. We're going to get that tooth. It's going to get done. You I'm know, not I'm, so sure. I want to believe it. I, I to, but I'm not going to believe it until I see a pony. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I, I think he's going to do it, Soda Pop. I, I think he's we're going, going through with it, man. It. I'll be shocked if he does not. I think he's going to go through with it right now because he knows he's representing the family. <laughs> well, that's good. And we're going to hold you to it because we are still on every week uh, until the Super Bowl. And then we'll find out what's after that. But, again, this is the Houston Oilers. And that's Earl Campbell right there. And in your rookie season campaign, you said you were on special teams. Well, oh, again, <laughs> again, we have the Zyler clan, man, has gone in there and it looked at your game films. I don't know where he found it. I don't know where he found it, but here he found it. Enjoy. We've talked about Stabler, but Campbell needs to run at this offense to go, will go against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bars kick is short and taken up at the 16-yard line and tackled immediately at the 23 as Wolfley, a rookie, and Pollard, another rookie, drop Rob Carpenter. So... Well, is that a tackle? Like a, it was almost like a chop block. You chopped Wait a minute. Hey, Wait a man. minute. Are you kidding me, Craig? You lined up right there and you looked like you had to be the L5 or the L4 running L3. down the field. You, you, you came L3, baby. You That's, where do you think you got your Pro Bowl instinct, man? <laughs> That's right. We went I down there. Not... All right, L3. Did you see a parachute get popped? No. Did you see me tell you, trying to dance around? No. Went no. right through it, baby. Craig, I, I am being 100% serious. That is the first time I have ever seen you do anything like that. You had to be running down the field, too. You Damn. had to be busting it because you tackled. Pure speed, babe. Pure time. speed. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, it's pure speed. <laughs> That's that is amazing sure. for a guard. Yeah. You, you know what, though, man? I could tell you didn't rap very well. You didn't have your fundamental skills down for tackling. That was uh, you're going for the big hit. Can can I say this, fellas? Honestly, I'm not sure I knew where I was going. <laughs> hey, that's I mean, the way, if, if we tell the truth. That's the way I used to tackle all the time. I'd block people to the ground. <laughs> you know, you you just get as go as fast as you can and just aim like a laser at the first point of contact. Boom, you know, you know what? Well, it's only the hesitation that gets you. If you hesitate, yeah. you're done. Because you yes. know you got to go for it right now, right then. No, the truth to it. But going for it right now is you know the Arizona Cardinals got so much going on. Their opponent boy, and I want to get into this a little bit. 
But you're talking about Sean Payton coming in tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, well, this airs actually the day this airs on Thursday. So uh, let's get, listen to you here on the Wolf and Luke show. Has agreed. Interesting. He has agreed. Well, how could you do that, Sean? We all thought you wanted to be the general manager. And, of course, well, I, I realize these other teams that he's interviewing with, they also have general managers. General managers that aren't going anywhere. So now this is this is a good sign based on earnings because at least Sean Payton has something that he wants to say to the Arizona Cardinals as well and get their perspective on, hey, you know what? How do you feel about me coming in here and being your next head coach? Very interesting to me that he accepted this and said, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm going to interview. Apparently, maybe Sean Payton, there's a couple of things going on. Maybe he doesn't like some of the things he's heard thus far in some of the other interviews. Maybe it's just a situation as well where these teams maybe don't like what they're hearing from John Payne. This is, is that a possibility? Okay. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, so again, Sean Payne, now I like him. But what does Sean Payton bring for you as an Arizona Cardinals, the guy that knows the inner workings of the Cardinals, who's been there for 20, almost 20 years, and what could he bring to the table for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, no, I listen, Sean Payton, of course, is a guy that I have the utmost respect for. I, I don't know about you guys. He seems like he is a class act coach. I don't know him personally. Um, he was a ball boy, as a matter of fact, when we were at Eastern Illinois University holding our training camps there with Gene Stallings. Yeah, back in 1986, 87, 88, when Neil Lomax was there. He's talked about that numerous times on the Colin Cowherd show from time to time. I love Sean Payton. I just don't know if it's actually going to work. And the reason why I say that, um, he is interviewing today. Um, of course, this airs on Thursday, and that's why I'm counting it today that he is actually uh, going to be interviewed by the Arizona Cardinals. But there's a lot of other irons in the fire right now. Sean Payton, when this whole coaching search started, when the season ended, the regular season for so many teams and coaches were being let go. Sean Payton, everyone thought Sean Payton was going to be the guy. Sean Payton was going to be the first domino to fall. When Sean Payton fell, all of a sudden all the other dominoes would line up. And it's really interesting because the more and more this goes on, this coaching search, and Sean Payton not having a second interview with some of these teams, he had a second interview lined up with the Denver Broncos, now, all of a sudden, that's been delayed, according to the Denver Broncos. I don't know what that means, but that's been delayed. Now you've got him interviewing today with the Arizona Cardinals. How will that go? I do not know. Maybe the Cardinals are looking at it where they want to interview him last because they have already, Michael Bidwell, the owner, said he was going to cast the net far and wide. And they have already interviewed a lot of coaches that are out there and a lot of general manager wannabes. Now, they they hired Monty Austin for it as their general manager, but it's been crazy. They have talked to an awful lot of people, general managers, of course, and now it's the head coach that they're looking for. Dan Quinn came in the night before, 
And um, Dan Quinn is getting hot. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but in this coaching search now, he's been mentioned with a couple of teams. So uh, it's I expect, guys, the Arizona Cardinals, this is just a gut feeling I have. Nobody has told me this, but I expect the Arizona Cardinals to make some type of announcement as to who their next head coach may be on Friday, meaning tomorrow. Um, mm. I, I okay, you're getting me confused. Because today's Wednesday, you were talking about Thursday, and you say tomorrow is Friday, and I'm all confused now. Okay? Yes. Well, it's only because Thursday this airs, so I'm speaking as though it were Thursday, getting ready to Thank go into tomorrow. Some of us need a little bit of direction in that area there. Hey, we're not the ones that came in late tonight. Hey, all I know is that, that hit on the opening kickoff has still got me buzzed. But I will say this quickly, guys. I think Sean Payton is in play. I think uh, Dan Quinn is in play. I think Brian Flores is in play. And I There's think Vance Joseph is in play. Okay, so I think there are four guys in play. You know, if, if I just may say this, I, I, I really I, I really like Brian Flores, man. I, yeah. You know, I'll say this. He's got the big dog in him. You know, we talked about this on your show, Ron, a little bit. You talk about a guy when he, he grabs your attention. And when he stands up, he's got that alpha male thing going on. Yeah. And I would say that about Brian Flores. He really does grab your attention when he's in the room. Wow. I love that. One big question then is for a locker room that wasn't a big alpha male, can that locker room handle it without major, major reconstruction? Oh, yeah. I think there's no doubt about it. It's got to be part of the culture. And unfortunately, uh, you guys know how I felt about Cliff. Um, I'm fond of smart, humble people. I am. And um, that's what he was. And I worked with a guy for four years. yeah, you know, uh, I, I thought, guys, that the the new age of football was swinging into the NFL and it was going to go the way of college football for the most part. Uh, four years ago when they hired Cliff, five years ago, the pendulum was really swinging that way, you know, the new age of football. And um, I really believed, okay, maybe things have changed since I played. Maybe things have really changed. And that pendulum is swinging back to the center the way that it always seems to do. And the game of football is still about lining up and blowing somebody off the ball and doing it against their will with a little bloody knuckle and a little dark heart and a painted face. That, to me, is what the game is always going to be about as long as you have pads in, as long as you have a mouth guard in, it's always going to be about driving somebody into the ground against their will. And that, to me, thank goodness it's like that. It's a beautiful thing. Is it not, my brothers? When you step in between those white lines and yes. you have at it, it's beautiful. Throw them down, gore them. It's great family fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like family fun time. Terry, this is what I want to talk about. Okay. I... I'm in Morgantown. I'm only 80 miles, 70 miles from the whole Steeler Nation thing. Obviously, North Central West Virginia has a ton of Steeler fans. I mean, it's the number one team for NFL in this area. 
I hear all the time about Mike Tomlin is this, Mike Tomlin is that, and you know he's been here about seventeen years. Uh, he does have a Super Bowl, you know, he does have a couple uh, big playoff victories, but he's not there every year. But he has also lost uh, or had a losing season. But here's an interesting thing. I saw this from Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett says, I got nothing but love for Coach T. He's my guy. I go to war for him every day. Now, here's your quarterback of the future that we all think. Talking about Coach Tomlin like that. Why, why can't the Steelers Nation and the people that are talking about just get what they got and understand? Well, I, you know, I'm I'm not sure how, how you're phrasing this as far as what he what they've got. What they've got is they got a young man in Kenny Pickett, who I think is going to be an outstanding player at some point in time. Um, there's all all indicators point up with this young man. He really loves the head coach. Listen, you know what it's like when you love the dude at the top, man. You play your butt off because you understand that dude cares about you. You know, it's that old coaching maxim. You'll never know how much uh, they care until they know they know how much you care, right? That's important. And Mike Tomlin makes it a point to have a personal relationship with each and every guy that puts on the black and gold uniform. Hey, listen, man, his ability to communicate with guys is outstanding. His ability to push buttons on guys is dead gum good, you know. Um, and and you got a guy like Kenny Pickett says, man, I just I just go play for the guy. I just play hard because. You do care about the man. You do care about the the what he represents and everything. And um, you'll find that across the board with his players. Yeah, you're always going to have some guys that there are disagreements that, that that will leave and not have had a good experience. That's not unusual in pro football. But the fact of the matter is time-tested standards, and Mike Tomlin has time-tested standards, they rise to the top. Right. And the point I was trying to make is that the Steelers nation has a great – has it great to have a coach that is that type of coach that players want to go and battle for? Here's your rookie quarterback who you probably think is going to be your quarterback for the future for any foundation that you're trying to build, and he wants to go to war for your head coach. But again, I hear so many people saying, oh, 9-8, and 9-8, and eight. you know what I mean? You know, not, can't win the big one anymore. It's going to surpass him. I don't think so. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, the, the whole thing is about finding that window, is it not? You find a window with a quarterback that you can now pay everybody else. Then you've got that window to go after the, the Super Bowl, okay? That's your window to get after it. Um, the fact of the matter is to be able to do this while you 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 know you, you don't have all the pieces in, in place and still be able to uh, create a culture of winning, that's to me impressive to keep those guys battling year in, year out and be able to do so while you're reconstructing, because the Steelers don't use, um, you know, rebuilding as a term. You know, they reload, and that's what the whole process has been. And so for Mike to be able to keep posting that winning culture in the locker room where the expectations are to win, yeah, you don't you don't achieve it every year. And, and you know, a Super Bowl, you know, once a decade or once every two decades, you know, that's not bad. There's a lot of teams out there that still haven't even been to the big dance, right? All I'm saying is I love the fact that there is a culture of winning inherent in that organization, in that locker room. And it's to be cherished because there's a lot of teams that do not have that culture of winning. And as I said last week, I believe it was about Tony Dungy. If you want to know how hard it is to change the culture from losing to winning, just talk to Coach Dunge, man. He will tell you about it. 
Yeah, but can I can I just say this soda pop too? First mm-hmm. of all, um, I, yeah, in college I did. There's no doubt about it. Don Naylor, he was Daddy Don for the most part. Um, my my rookie year, yeah, I I love Jim Hannafin, Gene Stallings. Oh man, Gene Stallings, I I absolutely loved him. I loved all my head coaches, but can I tell you guys, I never played for them. I never. <laughs> Never did that. Um, I know where I, you're going. Yeah, I played. I I, I played for for. Um, I play. I per, I played for my God first, and I right. played. Um, I I never played in a game. I always took a test, basically. And this is going to be me laying on the couch right now in front of everybody, but uh, I guess I'm going to do it. It's the reason why we've got this podcast thing. I actually, <laughs> caught the light by the way, and it's shining on me right now. But, you know, um, yeah, I never played in a game. I, it was always a test. And the test was, are you as tough as your dad? Because we're going to find out right now. We're going to find out. You walk in between these white lines right now. And I, I honestly think the guys, I, I have a Ph.D. in losing, as you guys know. Um, I've never been on a winning team in the NFL. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. I played 10 years in the NFL. I was a team captain eight years. I went to four Pro Bowls, and I never played on a, <laughs> on a winning team. That's how brutal that was. There was a lot of losing that was going on. But every time I heard a guy say, I'm going to play for you, I knew that guy was going to be the first guy to quit. I, I knew he was going to be the first guy to quit in the fourth quarter. You know what? Don't play for me, dude. Play for you. Play for your own pride, your own reason why you're out here playing. Play because this is how you're supporting your family. This is how you're taking care of your kids. Play for that reason. This is how you're paying your wife's Gucci card. Play for that reason right there, whatever. For me, God first, and then Ronnie, take the test. Okay, I'm getting off the couch. Okay, and you know what? I understand. Who's Gucci? And I get, yeah. Who's, 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 got, who's Gucci? Gucci. What do yeah, you who's Gucci? Gucci. <laughs> Greg, the, you know, the, the purse manufacturer. The, oh, the okay. I, sorry. I, 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 I lost that. I, I'm sorry. I don't carry a purse there around. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, they make shoes, too, Craig. They're, 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 they're leather products. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, what are you laughing at? I know you know what Gucci is. Gucci is not the person that made that shirt. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Okay. All right. I hear oh. what you went, Pony. I got you there. But what I'm saying is if you like your coach, man, you like being that team. What I was trying to get at the point was that they had some special coach, the Steelers, and I think he's not appreciated as well as he should be. That was my entire point. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, then, that I got up on that soapbox. I will step down. Well, it's all right. I don't mind it. Well, the doctoral thesis that followed was outstanding, though. I will say that, okay? There's no question about it. I've never so, known you'd have a Ph.D. I... in losing, but if that's the case, then I got a Ph.D. in eating. So there you go. <laughs> so wait a minute. You're telling me I got on the couch in front of the world <laughs> for nothing? <laughs> Well, I just got to let you go. I mean, it's you. I learned a long time ago, it's better just to let you go and finish your thing. <laughs> just let it ride, try, man. Just let it ride. You know, it's kind of like when Cousin Eddie told Clark, he said, you know, oh, no, no, don't go, go there. Out, don't go there. Just, just says, you better just let him finish. All right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, just that's don't go there. Stop. 
Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Cousin Eddie. All right. Oh, no. I'm telling you what. If you Get didn't know better. Kitchen. <laughs> What's that? Get you something in the kitchen. <laughs> All I can tell you this is, okay. th- think about this, man. Think about it. Cousin Eddie is not far from the Wolfley clan. <laughs> uh, okay. So, being that we're going we're to get into the playoffs now. Yes. Okay. And, and so, what I have is the Buffalo Bills bad day. So, here is the best highlight of the Bills uh, day and the worst. And you're going to look at it. You're going to see... Ryan Fitzpatrick is is doing a shot with the Bills Mafia fans. And to me, okay, that right there is going to be the best day. He's he's doing the shuffle and he he played off. And here's the worst. Stephon Diggs yelling at Josh Allen after he saw a great day. The Bills got crushed. Okay, uh, Derry, I'm going to actually start with you. What was your take on the Bills and the Bengals? The Bengals look great. The Bengals are really looking like they're Super Bowl material. I mean, they really look good. Joe Burrows is uh, hes just phenomenal. Joe Mixon did a great job. I can't believe the offensive line of the Bengals depleted as they were, and they still beat up and controlled the line of scrimmage. To me, that was the whole game. I mean, if you can commandeer that that uh, that that area that uh, you know tackle to tackle the trenches, man, and you got that, and you 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 are able to dictate what goes on there with a balled up fist and a a black heart and a thick face, man. You got it, and they had it, and they did the job. And I will say this: I'm uh, you know seeing Ryan and uh, Fitzbeard. Is that what his name is? <laughs> Dispatch again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fitzbeard, right? Um, you know that's great. But I was really, I was really amazed that Stefan Diggs would would do something like that uh, to his teammate. Um, just that's an obvious showboat. Hey, I, I, I got it. You, you're frustrated. You, you want to win. Hey, man, I got no problems with that. But if you're going to start to do, uh, you know, geriatrics, uh, you know, where you, you're you're starting to show your teammates up and all that sort of thing, I really find that uh, less than admirable. That's for sure. You mean gyrations. <laughs> Geriatrics, gyrations. All I can tell you, hieroglyphics. Oh, you know, exactly. This is, I love it. This is, this, is a, this is what it's all about, boys. That's a, that's a wordsmith with a fine Syracuse <laughs> education, cross-pollinated with about a dozen concussions. <laughs> okay. For me, can I just jump in and say that I was shocked. I, I love stuff. I, I love Stefan Dix. Um I don't want to sit here and condemn the guy because he was frustrated. No. If I, I don't mean to sound that I'm condemning, but it, it's, no, I mean up like that. Yeah, no, and, and that's what I appreciated about you, so you, uh, Derry, what you said right there, because I know your heart. You're you're right about that. Um, I agree with every, everything you said. You, you can't do it. You, you can't do it right there. Frustrated, yes. You know what? Um, sit down next to him and yell. Go ahead and do that. You know, don't don't stand out there with your arms up so everybody can see that you're talking to him and you've got a problem with him. Obviously, I thought Josh Allen handled that beautifully. I right. really did. Just the fact he ignored him, and you can see the coach sitting next to him. He was peeking up at Steph every now and then, right? You know, um, but you could see Josh Allen never moved his head. He just totally ignored him right there. Have it out, man. I know I've had it out with guys. I know you guys have had it out with teammates in the locker room, wherever it may be. Sometimes it came to blows. 
Um, you know, okay. Um, just don't do it. Don't do it in front of right. the world to try to show up your teammate. That's bad form. And I was really shocked that Stefan Diggs did that. I know he's frustrated. You just can't ever do that. Yeah. And what he said in his defense was that don't be mad at me for my attitude of wanting to win. And I understand it, but here's the bottom line that I think of the Bills is they need to get a regroup. They went through, they went through a whole heck of a lot. They went through a lot, uh, all different kinds of distractions uh, as a team. But they really need to stop saying this is the year. They, they, okay, let's, let's go on. Let's win some games. Let's go up and win and, and say we hope this is our year. But start, they start off saying this is our year, this is our year, talking about Josh Allen dreaming of winning a championship for the city and telling everybody that. Stop it. It's getting too much going, in my opinion. Bless you, brother. But but stop it, man, because it's it's just too much. And I think it's taking too much stress on him. I think it's putting too much on that guy's shoulder pads, especially when he's got an offensive line and an offensive quarter. You can't run the ball, and your tackles need help on the edge against the elite players, and they refuse to put a tight end in there to help them. They refuse. And so they're going to say, let's rely on Josh Allen. Well, I think the team relied on Josh Allen one time too many. And just didn't have it in the tank because you had a really good, hot Cincinnati team. Cincinnati's as hot as any team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. It's hot. And when you don't have another team that's there and and protecting, I mean, my goodness, man. Anyways, Josh Allen got beat up a lot. This is really, really important because it speaks to the entire NFL right now and the football universe and what is going on. Bill Belichick was really, really fond of of saying we, 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 he built teams that were good enough um, to be whatever they needed to be to beat you. Does that make sense? Like in any situation, any kind of, of environment, any type of weather game that he was going to play, we need to do all things. We need to get bring people in here who are very versatile and can do all things, right? Um, that matters because you saw the Cincinnati Bengals say, this is a bad day. This is a really bad, it was snowing the entire game. The footing out there was treacherous. So you know what? The offense has the advantage. Guys, we all played offense. We had the advantage because we knew where our first step was going to be. We knew where our second step was Mm -hmm. going to be. We knew where we were going to place our feet. The defender is reacting so much of the time to what the offense is doing. Therefore, the offense had the advantage in that bad weather game as long as you could line up and run the ball, especially run the ball. The Cincinnati Bengals lined up and dominated the line of scrimmage by running the ball and possessing it. That's the reason why they won that game. Totally. Joe Mixon, right? Yes. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, Joe Burrow was fantastic, but Mixon was great. On a beat-up offensive line. That's the amazing part about it. That is, and we can appreciate that knowing where we come from, and to be able to do that—that's attitude, and that's saying I'm I'm tougher. That's just putting your domination on it, pony boy. That's what you're yeah. saying. Go between yeah. the white lines, and I'm going to dominate you against your will. That's yes. and that's what they did, and that's playoff football. The NFL. And that's why you love it, and that's why even as a Buffalo Bills guy who's totally bummed out. I can appreciate the Bengals and what they did, and I can look at it and say. I tip my hat to you because you took it to him and the Bills didn't respond. Unquestionably so. You know, man, that was, was a dominating performance. 
everything was pointing the Bills' way. You've got DeMar Hamlin in-house. Everybody was excited. There's energy. There's juice. All kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you could just see it getting away from them. And it was because they lost the trenches. You lose in the trenches, man, is rare as the team that can overcome that. (laughs) Who thought that Joe Burrow would walk into that stadium in Orchard Park, New York, where we're all from, in a snowstorm where it's dumping snow in that cold weather and beat Josh Allen at him. I honestly, and that's what happened. Joe Burrow outplayed Josh Allen. Oh, there's no doubt about it. But let's go ahead now and move on to the next game. We got the Eagles uh, against the Giants. And it wasn't much of a competition, but let's go ahead. You can see uh, Devontae Smith there get the touchdown, 38-7, to 28-0 at halftime. What are you seeing with this Eagles, man? They just keep surprising me. They, and I'm not so much about their talent level, or but the way they work as a team, the way their physicality is, you see the sack there on uh, Jones. And, of course, you know, they just beat them up. I mean, they, they, the Giants the week before were very physical. And this week, they just took it to them and said, we're smashing you. Very. It's fly, Eagles fly, man. I mean, they are really doing a great job. Their offensive line, to me, is pretty darn good. You take a look at them across the board. With the Kelsey at center, you got Mylotta, who's just a massive human being yeah. at left tackle. Um, you got... Uh, you know, you got other guys across the board that are every bit as big. And Lane Johnson may be the best tackle in football right now, if you ask me. This dude has not given up a sack in like a couple of years. All right. Tunch Ilkin went, one time went three seasons without giving up a sack. Lane Johnson is as close to that as I've seen in a long time. Lane Johnson is an outstanding offensive lineman. Um, they got. You know, you've got uh, a quarterback that is mobile, who's got an arm, getting it done. You got a defense that's voracious. I don't even know how many sacks they got. I mean, they just this is a defense you see that they gets to the ball and they get their end mass. They don't yeah. have one tackler. They bring buddies all the time. Well, you think about this, Soda. You think about it. The Eagles are a team that they get to the quarterback. They get to the number one in sacks per attempt. This season, they are going to get to you. And they're also going to turn you over because they get that kind of pressure on a quarterback. They they are number six in interception ratio, as a matter of fact. What blew my mind, once again, I'm sorry. I know that Brian Davo came in, did a great job with Daniel Jones all year long. Oh, my goodness. The New York Giants, they're going up. There's no doubt about it. They are going up. They're, they, the arc for the Giants is going up. But having said that, Brian Debo came in there and tried to establish Daniel Jones and the fact they were going to throw the ball in the first four possessions of that game. Saquon Barkley got the ball once. Mm. Once. And they were three and out, three and out. What what, what are you doing? Yeah. The, the only weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles in that team now, the entire team, offense, defense, and special teams, in my opinion, is running the ball north-south, running in between the tackles directly at them because they got a bunch of really athletic dudes that are playing inside that box. You have to stand and fight. And the one chance I thought the Giants had to actually compete, I thought this was going to be a game, was to run the ball directly down their throat and do it in a very 
um, overt kind of way with Saquon Barkley. They started the game. Now, maybe it was, again, they were trying to establish, we're going to throw the ball. You don't think we're not going to throw it against you because you have a great pass rush and a great secondary? No, we're going to throw the ball. That's all we're going to. Man, I think that was a mistake to try to establish Daniel Jones like that as opposed to just saying, okay, this is who we are. We're going to shorten this game, and we're going to go ahead and hammer that box. I think there might have been a little bit of panic in there with the, hmm. the Jones because they just – 28 0 at halftime, right? But the fact that Saquon Barkley got the ball one time in the first four series is absolutely something that, uh, you know, it's like saying, is, let's put Daniel Jones as our main guy. Who are we paying the most, anyways? It's Saquon Barkley, right? I mean, that's the guy, that's your guy, so you got to rely on him at crunch time. And I guess Brian Dabo, well, I guess what he's going to learn real, real quick, right? I mean, I think he's going to be a good coach. I think he's got it, got it down. He was very good with the Bills last year. And, and Saquon hasn't been paid yet. <laughs> no, he hasn't okay. been paid yet. Well, he's going to be, right? This is, yes. is it a free agent? Yes, yeah. he's going to be. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's just take it uh, to the 49ers and the Cowboys. And this is what I saw, and what I love. And I, I might over-exaggerate this a little bit. Brock Purdy. And you got Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, and and you know Brock Purdy is just a a rookie quarterback, okay? And he did what he had to do. He managed the team with a great defense, managed the team, made some big plays when it counted, when it crunched. But that was old school football. That was a perfectly old school managed game for a victory for probably a team with, with the Dak Prescott that has a little more talent on the offense, being that uh, Brock was just a rookie. You know, Pony Boy, you go first. Yeah, no, Brock Purdy is uh, from the basin here in Phoenix, as a matter of fact. He's a, he's a local boy, and everybody here is just rooting for him. you got to be kidding. Even though it's the 49ers right now. I always – guys, for me, I never minded the fact that maybe the Super Bowl champion would come from your division. I never minded that because it, it forced you as a team, as an organization, to either fight or get out, right? Fight. Or get out, or just, you know, to me, I never had a problem with the NFC West. A couple of years ago, the NFC West was a, was a powerhouse. When the Cardinals were rolling, it was a legitimate powerhouse. With Russell Wilson up there in Seattle, of course, and you had the Rams going to the Super Bowl, uh, winning the Super Bowl. So you, you had um, a very tough division, and I never minded that. Um, and now you got the 49ers with what I think is the best roster from top to bottom in the National Football League. But Brock Purdy, this this Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy taken in the NFL draft in the seventh round, a quarterback. Here he is as a rookie. Guys, right now, as it stands, he's on track to win a Super Bowl before he loses his first game. That's a problem. Are you are you right. kidding me? That pretty, is pretty phenomenal. This is the thing that blew me away. With Brock Purdy, all the numbers for the San Francisco offense went up. Yes. I mean, scoring, percentage, rushing, everything went up with this guy. Yes. How do you how do you figure that? I mean, that's to me the thing that just rocked me the most. No interceptions. No interceptions, 214 yards. 
listen, Dak Prescott had two, probably should have had three in the big game. In the big game, who doesn't make a mistake? A rookie? Right. The, Mr. Right. Irrelevant? Yes. He's the one that doesn't – he's the one who's not getting paid what Dak Prescott is getting paid. And I'm not ripping on Dak. I'm just saying this. That's yeah. the reality of the situation. It is. And, and, it's, and it's kind of beautiful. Uh, I mean, yes. when you think about it, what I say is that Kyle Shanahan, if, if they win, he should definitely be the best coach of the year. Uh, but, I mean, he might deserve it anyways because take a rookie quarterback and do what you did. Can I, can I have a little, little – I want to throw this in because – this is so true in my mind. You know, the NFL, the coach of the year, you know, Chuck Knoll never won that. Yeah. Is that unbelievable? In my mind, when you hand over the Lombardi trophy, you also hand over the coach of the year to the guy. I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, you know, you can, yeah. you can come up with all sorts of scenarios like, oh, he turned him around. And that's a great job, sure. But the guy that's holding the Lombardi is the guy that coached that team all the way to the number one team in the NFL. That's okay. the story. Okay, but then Thank he can you. say the same thing about MVP for the player. Who's he can't that? be awarded the MVP off to a guy who won uh, just a, went around in the playoffs for an MVP of the league. You cannot do oh, that. That yeah, should but, be the guy who gets it to the Well, the that's NFL. a different that's matter, though. I don't, I don't know. know. That, that's a that's a discussion for another time. Okay, that's a, we don't have the time for tonight, but I will tell yeah. you, I want to take that discussion up. Okay. Uh, okay, I think we can put that in the meat grinder, baby. Exactly. The last hey, one. Let's brawl, boys. <laughs> put them yeah. up, man, just like days of old. Last one, quickly. Tell me about Mahomes. What you thought of the with the uh, the victory over the Lawrence? I mean, we figured with the Jaguars, but you know, lead that into your picks for this week coming up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, of course, got love to see it. I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I really yeah. do. I, I think he's everything you're looking for in a quarterback. He can make every throw and then he can make throws that no human being can make. And not only that, not only the tangible, the intangibles for Patrick Mahomes are beautiful. Um, and to see him, the leader that he is, the way he's regarded and respected on that team, and to see him fight the way that he did to to stay in the game you got a right <laughs> right you got a fight um and that is that is pat mahomes and I, I got so much regard and respect for this guy um it's going to be a great afc championship game i do think the kansas city chiefs are going back to the playoffs i, I know joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals are on fire right now, but I do believe Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the playoffs. They're hosting that game, of course. And you mean the championship? The What's that? They, you keep saying playoffs. They're in the playoffs. No, no, yeah. What did I say? I said playoffs? Yeah, I'm talking about the playoffs. AFC championship. Jim Mora, playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs? You know, hey, listen, I haven't. You got to go to the Super Bowl, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, no, the AFC championship game, yeah. again, of course. The NFC Championship game, I I don't know about this. This is really, really hard. At some point in time, I always believed Brock Purdy was going to have to win a game for the San Francisco 49ers. The way this is shaping up, I could see where Brock Purdy could be in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's the last possession, and he needs to take his team down the field in order to win a game against the best pass defense in my opinion, when you consider all things, pass rush and being able to turn a quarterback over, that's going to be a tall order. I 
actually believe that he's going to do it. <laughs> that Brock Purdy is going to do it in that situation. And why he's going to do it in there, I have what? I'm questioning myself as I say it. But, but it's just something about this kid. I think he's going to do it. And I think the 49ers are going to get to the Super Bowl and play the Kansas City Chiefs. Very. But, um, you know, with Mahomes, I, I got the same respect. I just loved his desire to battle away despite getting rolled up and, and just about getting taken out. And he's not going easily, you know, uh, off the field. But at the same time, I look at Joe Burrow, and I it depends on the offensive line if they that those horses stay together. But Cincinnati is playing yeah. great right now. And I look at Cincinnati, and I think – I think it's Cincinnati. I think it's 49ers. Brock Purdy is doing just one great job. Uh, the defense, the overall roster of the 49ers, that's really hard to, to to negate. You know, I mean, that's just something special. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I, I, I got to believe that since he can overcome, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes. And what about you, Soda Pop? What are you thinking of? Where are you game? going? I'm going Cincy Eagles, man. That's what it's going to be. Oh, okay. Uh, let them fly. Hey, let me tell you, if you could go into Buffalo and do what they did to the Buffalo Bills at home with everything that was going on in the snow, what Buffalo wanted, what Buffalo's always preached about, they want to see teams come there in January. And right. to go ahead and demolish them, they didn't just beat them. They, yeah. they made them quit. And yeah. to go ahead and do that, I think that uh, – and I'm only doing this probably because I think Mahomes is still going to be hurt. <laughs> All right, so yeah. that's a big uh, – Mahomes is going to be hurt, and I think it's going to make it tough on him. And I think the Eagles are going to just crush the 49ers. The 49ers' great story comes to an end as the, the, the Eagles fly, man. And not only do they fly, they bomb the 49ers because <laughs> that Eagles team is truly, to me, unstoppable. They've lost one game, boys. Yeah. That's right. 17 games they played uh, without the playoffs. They lost one game. I mean, that's that's as close as the 72 Dolphins. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, the being who they are. So, anyways, love you guys. It's been a great show. Uh, we're going to come back with our picks next week, and uh, we'll see who's the victor. We'll get into that subject about MVP, Super Bowl, all yes. those good things. Uh, I definitely want to see the same shirt next week, Terry, because uh, it's not Gucci. It's uh, not Gucci. <laughs> It's closer, it. to, it's closer to Salvation Army than it is Gucci. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. we ought to name this episode, by the way. So, what's, what's Gucci? What's Gucci? <laughs> you know I'll do it. Yeah. You know I'll do it. I want to say this, uh, Derry. Thank you for working with my son, your nephew. Yes, oh. he's blood. Yeah, but my he's son, blood, that, man. That's, that is no, huge, no man. No doubt about it. And this week, happy birthday to Vetter James. Hey, Vetter, he's 13 years old, teenager. Oh, we love you, Vet. Okay, we love you. We love all of our, our Woofly offsprings. We are our big family. That's right. Hoopy, we love you. Love you, Hoopy. Love you, Hoopy. And that is a three wolves of football. Gucci. <laughs>